BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Dear gas prices, go take a hike. Toyota's hybrid lineup brings efficiency with power, savings with style, and tons of top tech. Think you can stand in our way? Think again. Toyota Hybrids. Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome to basketball in the Midwest, right? Like, <laughs> right now, who's really popping? <laughs> Detroit is bad. Bulls are average. <laughs> you know? Memphis isn't considered the Midwest, is it? It should. It should. <laughs> That's the South, boy. <laughs> Cut it out. Cut it out, Tone. That is the South. All right. Hey, Welcome to Bulls. the Bulls Talk Podcast. Brought to you by Toyota. Uh, and guys, as well, uh, let me first start. Tony Gill here with Jason Goff, Casey Johnson. Um, good times to keep on going. Bulls won their third straight against a, a Atlanta team that was playing fairly well going in. Uh, to the, it seems like they've cleaned up some of their off-the-court, you know, things and got it right. But the Bulls ends up pulling away in the fourth quarter. Jason, you were working the game. Casey, mm-hmm. uh, I know we don't, you know, they're coming on a back-to-back against Indiana as we're recording today on Tuesday. But uh, the three-game win streak, uh, Casey, your thoughts? Alex Caruso is first team all defense. That's my thought. Um, I thought he was the signature player of the game. I thought his impact was undeniable at both ends. Obviously, 12 points is a bonus. You're not needing offense from him, but one of six players in double figures. You know, he's shooting 39% from three. Uh, It is on low volume, but, you know, he was down at 33% last year. Um, You know, I talked to him about a shoot around yesterday leading up to the Hawks game. And he said he's not an excuse-making guy, but it was a little difficult for him coming off that fractured wrist to kind of gain his rhythm shooting-wise. Um, so, you know, the fact that he's back up at 39% from three-point range offensively is just like the cherry on top of the Sunday. because I know Jason Will uh, – I'm sorry, Will was off last night. I know Jason and Kendall broke this down post-game last night, but – that dude was all over Trey Young and others. Uh, switched on to DeJounte Murray for that first, first possession of the fourth quarter that forced the shot clock violation. Uh, to me, he's trending towards a all-defensive team consideration for sure. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, Casey. The, the the imprint of the game was stamped very early on. Um, you know, at least got off to that slow first quarter where you know, what, 17 points in the first quarter season low, and you're like, all right, what's happening here? You know, it seems like a long layoff. Is this rust or is this reverting back to old ways? They were just missing shots, and they they had to they had to actually win a, a slugfest. They had to actually win a, a sloppy, dirty basketball game, and they had to make it more dirty. Them forcing 19, 18 turnovers on that Atlanta team. I mean, if you look at the percentages, for the most part, everything was the same, but they stole possessions, literally. Like, they they forced them to end possessions without a shot. And if this team is going to do anything 
in terms of sustainable success. You know, we talk a lot about Vooch getting touches and, and can DeMar and Zach play together. Can you defend? It's as simple as that, because when all that other stuff goes away, can you slow people down long enough for your offense to get back on track? So I thought that and, and the rest of the bench, too, like there wasn't any eye popping like this guy had 20 or this guy had 25 off the bench. But everybody came in, did what they had to do. Derek Jones Jr. He's, there's an Andre Drummond sighting. You know, he he put the ball through the rim angrily. I mean, he probably was thinking it was Billy that he was dunking on. You feel me? Like it was it was it was fun to watch that bench get out there and go, OK, guys, like. We'll, we'll, we'll supplement or complement the starters for the time being, but, you know, get it in gear. And and they got it in gear, right? DeMar DeRozan turned into himself in the fourth quarter. Zach Levine was steady throughout the game offensively. Um, this is These are the games they got to win, right? right. The, the teams that are ahead of them that they think that they are better than, even if they aren't record-wise, put themselves in a position where even DeMar talked about it before the game. And, you know, you, you, you heard it, Casey, the urgency. Right. They, they, these guys are starting to talk about earlier. that Paris trip. I, I hope there were some real discussions that were had. Right. Like having those discussions on the other side or during winning times or feeling good about yourself is a lot different than the halftime locker room of a Minnesota game. where you give up 74 points in the second half still like since that exchange, since that meeting, it seems like they're learning what they have to do consistently. Even at the end of the first, I believe, DeMar DeRozan shot a contested three-pointer. And um, Zach Levine raised his arms, like, not in give me the ball, but looking at, like, if the shot was going to go in, right? Like, one of those lean into the shots, trying to steer the shot into the basket on your own. And as soon as the shot was missed, I saw DeMar DeRozan, uh, like, mimic like what he should have done in terms of swinging it to Zach while he was wide open. So, you know, something's in their head and something's registering, even if it isn't applicable every single instance, there's something happening here where they're, they've dug themselves enough of a hole that they're like, all right, we got to play a different kind of basketball, even if it's against our nature. Yeah. I mean, Alex Caruso has been definitely the the headliner for that consistent effort for me. Um, but everybody it seems to have gotten it, uh, at least for the short term right now, where, like, no, I didn't feel a sense that there was any drawback on the defensive end just because shots weren't falling earlier in that game. Um, and I think that's the key. Like, we know that they're, this team isn't, you know, super elite across the board offensively. Uh, so when it does get in the mud like it did against uh, Atlanta, that defensive effort needs to be consistent no matter what's going on on the offensive end. And we saw them bring that um, throughout the game yesterday. Uh, you know, Atlanta, they were going to punch back. You know, they have an, an elite offensive player in Trey Young and another elite offensive player in DeJounte Murray, but they stuck with it and they stuck to it. There was a couple stretches of uh, Alex Caruso make a three, then Alex Caruso get a turnover on, on the other end. Like, that is what they need, and that's what he brings to this team, and that's what they've been missing uh, since he's since he's been out. And now it seems like that he's gotten healthier. Casey, you wrote uh, about that uh, about Alex Caruso's health being a key to how the Bulls are performing of late. Yeah, and that's been a theme since training camp. I mean, Billy Donovan. I remember talking about that the first week of training camp. You know that they just need to do everything they can to keep him on the court. I mean, obviously they can't. Uh, prohibit flagrant fouls from opposing players, which knocked him out for two months and 22 games last season. But his minutes are down four minutes per game. Um, you know, Alex talked about his offseason commitment to strengthening his lower extremities and his back, you know, just so there's some not, you know, what he can do to prevent soft tissue injuries. And he's only missed four games to this point. Um, 
and it's undeniable his impact at, at both ends. I'm glad both you guys talked about winning a game in the mud because, you know, as uh, rights holders, we're, we're privileged to get an assistant coach every once in a while at halftime. And I was talking to Josh Longstaff um, at halftime yesterday, and that's exactly the phrase he uses. You know, it's a mindset that we're developing that these guys have to understand that we have to win some games in the mud. I thought a big part of that victory over the Hawks guys was they, they started out so poorly offensively. I think it was like four for 18. And you've seen that bleeding in the defensive end many, many yeah. times this season. It did not last night. That's not to say they were perfect defensively, but they were competing defensively. And I thought that was a big component to that victory. And that's a blueprint you can carry forward as you move through this week. So we'll see how that plays out. Speaking of blueprints, Tone, it happens. And I didn't think – I was surprised when I heard the stat – but for us to be this far into the season and for last night or for the game against the Hawks, whenever you guys are listening to this, uh, to be Patrick Williams' first double-double of the season, I was I was astounded. Like, you know, you didn't trip into double-digit rebounds and double-digit points in, in, in a game because, you know, he's had these one-offs or two-offs where it's like, all right, these three or four instances are like, all right, there's the P. Will that we're talking about. But over the last couple of weeks – He's been trending upward in terms of his aggression and DeMar DeRozan and, and Casey, Casey's piece and, and Casey talking to DeMar and everybody talking to DeMar in the postgame about what he does, verbally abusing him in terms of getting him <laughs> back in order and telling him what, what he should be and how important he is to this team, like the put-back dunk, um, the passing in the lane where you're getting Vooch on the move, you know, big to big, you know, because of their smaller lineup, big to big passing. Like he was, I thought he was integral in, in, a, in a few. And the third quarter where he struggled, he didn't, he didn't go into a shell. Fourth quarter, he still was hitting shots, still was being aggressive. So whatever they're doing, whatever they're telling him, you know, keep berating this kid until, you know, to a point where it's healthy, obviously, but keep getting on his ass, man, because you got to find that button that you got to push every single time. 18 points and 10 rebounds is huge on a night where you, you're not getting scoring from anywhere else. And those rebounds were pivotal, like strong boards that he grabbed, especially on the offensive end. Yeah, and, and half of those, uh, Jason, to your point, nine points, five rebounds in the fourth quarter. So after a yeah. third quarter, he responded with that fourth quarter. I feel like we're nearing like a, a, a Jason Goff unburdened himself about Patrick Williams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 don't you, and don't you forget or don't you think it's a coincidence that the basketball gods didn't have Tyrese Halliburton playing tonight against the Bulls, boy, because <laughs> we would have got to a real crossroads. I'd have had to pick one, you know. I, it's tough out here. <laughs> but shout out to P. Will for, for finding that group, finding that – gleaming the cube, late 80s, early 90s movie reference. You know, he's, he's figured he's – figured Figuring out where that sweet spot is, hopefully he gets more empowered and more confident in that spot. What is the Billy? Real quick, one more for Jason because I know he'll love this because he love he loves this moment in Bulls history more more almost as much as me because it was my question. But I wrote this in my piece about Patrick Williams. It wasn't quite Scott Skiles telling Eddie Curry to jump (laughs) how to be a better rebounder, but Billy Donovan, we asked him like, how can he become a double digit rebounder? And Billy said three times in a row. He's got to go. He's got to go. He's got to yeah. go. That's so we've got now jump. <laughs> He's got to go. We're going to snapshot some Bulls history. Shout out to Scott Skiles and Eddie Curry for making that moment special for me as a fan. <laughs> I, I mean, I was just about to ask that to, to, the, to the group about um, what internally, what have they said about 
like the difference and and what has gotten Patrick uh, going and what did he you know figure out Casey or what have they been telling him to help him uh, figure out because I I mean they it, it seems like up to this point they've done and exhausted all the ideas about how to unlock uh, Patrick Williams in terms of all right berate him okay that doesn't work okay maybe a little soft push maybe all right well that didn't work so. What has recently that has clicked for Patrick Williams that the Bulls have done, either Billy Donovan and or DeMar DeRozan or other players? Quite frankly, I think we're to the point where it's on Patrick Williams because he's, as you mentioned, Tony, you know, these guys have done what they can do and he's in his third year. I know he's had an atypical start to his NBA career, but look, I never focus too much on the scoring because when he's out there with those big three, he's the fourth option, right? Mm-hmm. So if he's getting double digit scoring, that to me is a bonus. But Billy Donovan's point is spot on. You could not be a starting defensive rebound, uh, starting power forward in this league with those physical tools and be averaging 4.1 rebounds. You just can't. You, you can't. Now, does he need to average 10 rebounds? Probably not. But let's see that number up near 7 and 8. That's what Laurie Markkinen was getting. Uh, okay? So playing away um, from the rim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go pursue some rebounds that don't right. just come right to you. The dude right. has – Springy hops. He's a quick jumper. He can go off two feet quickly. He can go up twice in a row like a pogo stick. He's got a Obviously. wide base. Yeah. He can move people. Giant hands. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, he should be averaging 10 rebounds. No, I take take that back, Casey. Forget the 7 to 8. He should be averaging. We just described the greatest small forward slash powerful <laughs> rebounder of all time just now. now I, I, I don't want to get my hopes up too much. On, I, I do want to keep them measured, it, no matter how exciting it, it is for Patrick to see him kind of unblooming, I should say. Yeah. Um, so is it far, the game that I, he talk? Like, like it, all these people are showing him and talking hmm. to him, and he's getting all the, I'm sure, the the advice in the world, whether it be from family, former teammates, college coaches, whatever the case may be. Maybe, just maybe, and this is, you know, you know, this is pie in the sky maybe, but, like, maybe the game is showing him, right? Like, maybe he's getting to the point now where he's playing enough basketball where he understands how he has to – physically place himself in the mix like just being the biggest strongest fastest biggest handed guy on the on the court doesn't doesn't fly anymore because there's a bunch of those dudes like maybe maybe the game is showing him okay this is how you get in where you fit in without having to be because i still think he looks at shots and certain aggressive moments as if he's not being a team player and it's the complete antithesis is you're not you're being selfish by not being the dude that you need to be out there right and and i think the game is showing him all right be be who you need to be so that you won't be deemed selfish either way if that makes any sense that that makes a lot of sense and actually i'll tie this into a real a kind of a private moment that i not private but it was public but i didn't write it it was kind of just shooting the you know what mm-hmm. after, the, after the scrum broke up kobe's sitting there and i i kind of knew the answer to this but i wanted to hear how he responded to it i mean because if you watch him jump there are sometimes he grabs a rebound and you're like wow and so yeah. i said hey can you hit your head on the rim and he and he kind of like bashfully was like, and then Kobe cuts and he's like, he can put his eyes in the rim, like, <laughs> like so. And I was like, well, it's easy for you. And he was like, all oh, bashful. I'm like, you can be non humble every once in a while, you know. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I see it. You know, you have the physical skills. I'm just curious. Can you hit your head on the rim? And, and is it easy for you? And and you know, he like wouldn't run with it. It just says a lot about his nature. So. 
Uh, again, we need to remind everyone that we're taking this on uh, Monday, the day, or I'm sorry, Tuesday, the day of the Pacers game. So when you right. see the box score with one rebound tomorrow, right, right. <laughs> don't blame us. <laughs> please, please continue to listen to us and respect our opinion. And, 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 that's, and, and that's the reason, like, I don't want, I don't want the, the, the reality to hit me. I just want to enjoy what Patrick is doing right now. I don't want to think about how almost the entirety of this retooling is kind of dependent on him. I don't want to think about that. Like, I just want to game by game, see the progression, see, you know, he, there's going to be some, you know, lulls, uh, stretches, but I, I need him to come back, you know, get back into the fold. That's, that's, those are the things that I think yeah. Bulls fans should be looking for until we get to the off season. But in, in, during the season, I, we just need to see the consistent effort and growth on the rebounding and on the defensive end. And if he gets to double digit scoring, God bless him. No, no I told him, no, no, I got to push back, brother. Cause the same way that this team has dug themselves a hole in this season, like you look at the, the, the macro when it comes to P will, he's dug himself that hole. Like you're the fourth pick in the NBA draft. There's a lot of expectations and the games and t- the time that you missed and the time that we didn't get to see this blooming happen and all the aggression that, that comes out and possessions where you're like, Oh, that's it right there. Like what I will say is when he's catching that thing, he, it doesn't seem like he's as indecisive as he used to be. Mm-hmm. Like he's either moving it, driving it, or shooting it, which is the the basis for what you want a, an aggressive offensive player to be. But not nah, man, like he's <laughs> he doesn't have time to 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 not have that urgency. Like that clock is ticking on his contract too. Mm-hmm. Like he's got to put he's got to put tape out there. And, and listen, this is the first pick of this regime, so I think they're gonna ride with him when it. I, I, I don't say I think they will. It, it would be assumed by me, and this is a very uneducated opinion, but it would be assumed by me that they're going to kick the tires for another year or the qualifying off or whatever the case may be. But he's got to he's got to show and prove now. He can't have the normal game. Like the 12 and fours, those have to go by the wayside, especially if this team is going to make any advancement or any improvement. Why Why shouldn't it be about me? Like why shouldn't it be, okay, the reason why we came back from this Paris trip, a different squad, is because I was averaging 16 and seven. Now I know it ain't. I know it's, it, you know, we got a lot of, um, got a lot of data that would go to the contrary of that. But he, I, I'm not about talking about dudes who are supremely talented in any other words than they're supremely talented. Like people hit me on Twitter. like, what do you think about Lowry now? The same shit I thought about him when he was here. Like he's doing it. <laughs> he's, he's found his comfort zone. He's, he's, he's being developed. He's being empowered. He's given, he's being given the ball. These are all the things that I thought Lowry marketing was. He just, the game had to show him different stops, different destinations had to show him guys arrive when they arrive and you know, when they're there, you know, when they're like, okay, this is who he is. The problem with P. Will is it's like, okay, who is he? Is he the guy that we've all seen, or is he the guy that pops out glimpses of quarters or games where it's like, that's it? And it's hard to argue with all the, the the data that you have on one side saying that this is who he is, but he's got no time to just have these games bounce by, like Casey said, where it's like, okay, he got a rebound or he scored two points and a half. Nah, man, <laughs> all hands on deck, and you got the biggest hands on the damn team. <laughs> but like you said, Jason, we don't waste our time on bums, right? So- at all, <laughs> at all. Shout out to all the bums out there, but not on this part. But 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 I but I think the approach that I, that I'm taking is is measured because we have all that data, 
Jason mm-hmm. of of him, you know, regressing, going back back to his shell. Um, so that's that's kind of re- the reason why I'm kind of viewing it that way is until I see a true coming out party where I can be like, okay, you can do this now. Now I'm holding you to a higher standard. I just I just need has to see a little bit more. Out, has it been a coming out invitational over these last couple of weeks for you? Like what 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 sustainable level for what amount of time will it take for you to say okay he's turned the corner whatever that corner is because superstar Kawhi Leonard stuff and all the things yeah. that, you know I was saying when he came out because of this physical uh, resemblance and the, the demeanor like that is a that is a level that very few have ever reached mm-hmm. and we were having fun with it but like what is it going to take for you as a Bulls fan to say okay this guy is what he needs to be. I need to feel like he's bringing this type of effort. And I'm not saying 18 and 10 every night, uh, but the aggressive nature on both ends until the all-star break uh, where I'm seeing it, where it doesn't drop off. Then I'll be like, okay, he can do this. I, I, I don't think that's too much to ask for. Just can you heading into the all-star break where you're, I don't think he's going to be playing in anything or doing anything uh, during All Star Weekend. Uh, so I need a full out sprint from from Patrick Williams in order, at least for me, to kind of put that emotional uh, energy into Patrick Williams. Yeah. Uh, ten, 10 games in the new year, guys, and uh, it's seven of the ten. He's he's got five or more rebounds. So there's a start. There you go. There you so go. Yeah, mm-hmm. keep, keep this rolling. Keep this yeah. Rolling. I got a I got a bigger picture uh, question for you guys. What okay, Casey. what will define a successful week for you guys? Mm. We're taping this when they're one and zero. They got four mm-hmm. games starting a three weeks tonight in Pacers. What, what's a successful trip to you? Three and one. They got to win all of them. They got to win all of them. They they they've dug themselves this hole. You got a bunch of young teams that are reeling and hurt. Uh, that Orlando team is feeling good about themselves, so that might be a little mini challenge. And of course, what they did to you the last time you saw them and how they partied on you, right? So it's that it's like you got a a a tough schedule, you know, travel and and the amount of games wise, but competition wise, you should beat these teams. And there's one team that that thinks that they could beat you because they did it. And they and they mm-hmm. partied while doing it. So it's it's there's enough of a like the the mini games within the games here this week that they will be tested because of the travel and they will be tested because of the amount of games and they will be tested because there's an upstart who just beat the Celtics. But it should be a week where if you are about that life, you come out of this joint four and zero. If it's three and one, then okay, you should be capping, keep moving. There is no five hundred or below five hundred week happening this week without somebody saying something different than all the smiles and giggles that we've seen over the last couple of days. Yeah. And if they went out, you know, they, they go over 500, which right. you know, you're not celebrating, uh, you know, victory parades here or anything like that, but it's a step. I, I, I personally would go three and one just because my expectations are pretty low for this team, because every time I feel like they've turned a quarter, right. they, they kind of offer you a letdown loss to send me back to reality. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but I, I go three and one just because I think even with Halliburton out, Pacers game might be tough. And that Orlando game might be tough just because they struggle with young athletic teams. So um, they, if they if they lose in Charlotte, then it's a huge disappointment. That, that's my, that's where I'm at on this week. None of this matters. The Patrick William game don't matter. None of that matters. None. If they lose to the Hornets. Yeah, yeah. And, and and what they see them twice. The Hornets twice in the next week or so. Should be two dubs. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they I agree. They need to for me. They need to go four and zero. Like they got to make up 
some of these losses that they had earlier in the season. Um, and this is this is the stretch to do so. Um, you won last night. The Pacers are a tough team, uh, but the Bulls are better than than the Pacers in my opinion. Yeah, they are. They're, they're better. Yeah, yeah, they're they're better than the Pacers, and they should not even fear losing to the to the Hornets in my opinion. So they, I think they got to go for it. No, the Magic, the Magic have confidence against the Bulls, but they are not better than the Chicago Bulls. And they just beat the Celtics by fifteen. They they are not better than the Chicago. I'm not saying that they're better, (laughs) but it's it's, it's a tricky matchup. The the Bulls have been doing a good job of stopping teams on streaks, Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm going to lean on that. Like you look at, I hope they have this conversation in the locker room. We're better than Indiana. We are better than the Hornets. We are better than the Magic. Let's go do it. And I think they can. I think they can. And and hopefully the streak continues to to seven. Um, oh, so you're going all four this week? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm saying all four. Yeah, paying all four. I'm, all, I'm down. I'm, yeah. I'm down right all now. All we gotta so. do is convince. The only reason we can't convince KC is because he's actually in the locker room, yeah, and actually on it. the court watching it. And he's like, <laughs> I, I know what these dudes gonna trip up at. You can talk that four and zero jazz all you want. I know, I know this Orlando L is coming. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine if KC was a gambling guy. Oh <laughs> yeah, I down. mean, hey, for thirty years, who knows that he's not? You feel me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you think KC can live in that palatial estate and look as good as he looks on the? broadcast without a little extra income come on man you know casey keeps it low he's a general don't don't ever get it twisted that orlando thing not just the orlando thing but look at the charlotte thing like that's what happens when you have a bunch of really young players and no veteran stability and then the young players just run amok steve clifford is out there pulling his hair out i love watching steve clifford post games because that dude is like hey if you want to fire me go ahead i'm i'm respected around the league this bunch don't know what the hell they're doing and Lamelo ball is is going out for yaha time every single time out there are have y'all watched the hornets like, like when Lamelo out there, yeah. there, there is he is unbridled. Like he all does this not care about at all. anything that's going on right now. Oh, oh my God! I blame Brittany. It's, it's pretty gross when you when you watch yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty bad how they're playing basketball right Dude. now. And I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they told Lamelo like, "Hey, man, we we trying to get you some help in here." We yeah. got to go get Victor. So yeah, the big Frenchman. Yeah, yeah we we got to do what you can to make him your teammate. And that that is that is your assignment for this year. And here comes the eleven point loss to the Hornets. Watch <laughs> after after all after after that build up. Here comes the here comes the the, the sullen you know post game locker room and and the the doom and gloom that comes after a Hornets loss. Now this team man they it, you, every time you think they figured it out, every time you think they they've got a steady track, mm-hmm. all of a sudden. I keep saying it. It's like they asked the game, have we played hard enough? Because now we want, you know, we want you know play date time. <laughs> we right. we want we want recess. And 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 those those quarters where they just have recess, those are the quarters that bite them in the ass. So hopefully they can keep up the uh the standard and the discipline and all those good things. But the schedule, was it 14 games in 26 days, something like that? This we're we, we going to find out what they made of because this game is going to get on the nerves. There's going to be bumps and bruises. Guys going to be in and out of the lineup. This is this is a pivotal stretch, not only for them, but to try to figure out what they're going to do with the trade deadline. Like this is this is an important couple of weeks here for Bulls basketball. Really important. 
KC, as we wrap up, uh, what's on your docket writing-wise that people should be looking out for? Uh, I, as you guys mentioned, I, I wrote a big piece on Caruso and their plan to kind of keep him healthy. That's on our website at NBCSportsChicago.com. I, I wrote the beat story on Patrick Williams rebounding. Uh, working ahead, I'm going to be talking to Vooch tonight. He's got 11 straight double-doubles. and he jokingly, he jokingly asked me uh, if uh, the triple-double that he got breaks the streak because it doesn't count as a double-double. I said, no. Vooch is balled out. You know, all, all you Voochinators out there, check out uh, – our piece on the website NBCSportsChicago.com. He's playing at a very high level. He's doing his job. He's doing his job. What I want to know, fellas, is who is going to be the local Shannon Sharp that mixes it up with an opposing team? You feel me? Like shout out to our guy Cap. You know what I mean? Like I, I want, I want to know who's going to be on the on court side at the United Center the next time the Bulls have a, a foe in town, so they can mix it up with the the opposing like agitator or roughneck defender like Dylan Brooks and Shannon Sharp got into it. Who who would you guys uh, nominate? Chance the Rapper. <laughs> Chance the Rapper. I'm going to go with Cap. I, I, want, I want Cap courtside, and I want Cap mixing it up with, you know, like Trey Young next time he's in town or Jason Tatum or something like that. I think that would be fun. Uh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen Chance at a game in a long time, by the way. So I don't know what what, what his deal yeah, is because they've been because they've been average. And, yeah. and well, he was, he was around for some rebuilding games, so I don't know what's going on. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, there's not a lot of celebrities. No, no Chicago luminaries, huh? Right? Yeah, yeah. I've always thought about that. Like, there's no real Chicago like celebrities. Like that, Gene that, Siskel that, back in the day. Gene shout Siskel. out to Gene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, yeah. You know? yeah. So, well, I mean, you know, you you said Pip walking around, you know, the, the ambassadorial role. Uh, Tony Kukoc was there. Right? Yeah. yeah, Tony sits up in the suite, though. Tony sits in the suite. Have the waiter mix it up with somebody. I don't By know. the way, I tweeted this yesterday. Tony Kukoc one for two on corner threes in full street clothes. So, and the first one was just short, man. The second one was all twine. So yeah, Tony right. still got it. Man. You never lose that touch, right? You never look right. at look at look at. Tony Kuko references, Keith Bogan's references last pod. I feel like every pod we should get a formable story or reference on our guy yeah. KC just to wrap it up, you know? Get the best Oak story for us uh, next week. <laughs> I've got a lot of Oak stories. <laughs> I've got a lot of Oak stories. Off the court. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, te- I'll tease with this. One time we went out to lunch in Denver, and that, that'll be a story for another time. Oh, oh you, so come on now. <laughs> come on. All right, we're going we to get that story. Yeah, we're going to get that late week episode if you want this story, all right? <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Bulls Talk Podcast. We appreciate you guys. We're coming back later in the week to do this all over again. For Jason Gall, for Casey Johnson, thanks a lot for Toyota for sponsoring this fine product. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace.